With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Thanks to GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. Welcome to the First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome everybody to the first serve on this uh, Monday, the 3rd of October as we cover the world of tennis. Uh, Brett Phillips uh, back with you and uh, nice to be back on uh, Melbourne soil after a great week up in Brisbane uh, visiting Tennis Queensland, uh, the National Tennis Academy, uh, KDV Sport on the Gold Coast. Now, great partner here at the first serve, Tennis Direct. We're basically like the Bunnings of the tennis industry, so it's just like a, a tennis player's toy shop. So every brand under the sun, rackets, apparel, footwear, bags, string, you name it, tennis-wise, we've got it. If we don't have it, give us a call and we'll find it for you. You've had a nice connection, Michael, already with the First Serve listeners. Yes, certainly have. First Serve, we've been sponsoring for two, two to three years now. It's a great program. It's been a great partnership that we hope to keep going for a long time. As you say, Michael, you're the one-stop shop here. You've got everything. Just take through some of the I suppose major sellers at the moment or just some of the brands that are doing uh, really really well probably can't go past the old Roger Federer the RF 97 racket obviously pretty sad time in tennis to see the great man go but apart from that you know you always your, your Rafa Nadal racket is hugely popular all the time your pure drives head speeds the Novak racket all the major players is, is the main main stuff that sells now based here in Brisbane for those listening to us in uh, Brisbane they can actually come here uh, direct and have a chat to you but a lot of your business is uh, online servicing uh, all of Australia so wherever anyone is listening to our show right now they can be guaranteed that they'll order through you guys deliver to their front door and that's uh, the best service you can get. Definitely come to our new warehouse in Tingalpa in Brisbane here more than happy to see you but for everyone who's Australia wide we'll, we'll ship anywhere and everywhere. One of the biggest differences of us is that we ship same day so you order it we'll have it shipped today be as quick as possible. Plenty of people listening who are staunch tennis but also love other sports which you delve into as well. Definitely. Carry a huge range of uh, squash, pickleball, uh, starting to get into the, the paddle sports, but any inflates, so whether it be Sharon Ball, Steeden, Gilbert Rugby Union, table tennis, you basically name it, go and have a look at our website. We, we do a huge range of sports as well. It was great to see Michael in person last week. You can text the show on the Tennis Direct text tonight, uh, 0433 98 Of course, au is the website to go to. you get that nice little 10% discount store-wide using the promo code FIRSTSERVE10. There have been plenty of you doing that in 2022. Australia's favourite online tennis store, fast delivery, great prices, free delivery on orders over $150. You can also give us a call tonight, one 736 736. Tonight, our tour wrap, an update on the initiative that is Game On Recycling, our latest UTR segment, and Omar Jaseka laser-focused on the comeback trail. You're 
Novak Djokovic is the first champion. It's glory for Yoshihito Nishioka. Nishioka. He is the champion in Seoul. What a moment. His first ATP singles title. How happy he must be. A fourth WTA title for Barbora Kredjikova. And the first of 2022. She knew as soon as she'd hit it that it landed. It's a maiden WTA title for Maya Sharif and a first career top 10 win. It was a huge win indeed. Let's start on court with our whip around. Thanks to AATC, Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches. They're providing quality coach education right across the globe. Courses delivered by industry leaders and tennis business owners. You can learn locally, coach globally, internationally endorsed, inquire and enrol at aatc.tennis. So Novak Djokovic, he looks like he's been playing all year. We know he hasn't played the volume of tennis uh, this year that he normally would. But he's kept himself in magnificent shape. The game looks good. Win number 89, title number 89 in Tel Aviv in Israel. He actually played Davis Cup there 15 years ago. A new destination on the ATP Tour. I just think of uh, Duty Seller every time I think of uh, Israel. You remember Duty Seller was playing the Australian Open. The Israeli fans would be at Melbourne Park whipped into an absolute uh, frenzy. Uh, plenty of support for Djokovic, 6-3, uh, 6-4 over Marin Cilic. So he stays at seven, gets the 250 points, and now he's off to Kazakhstan, a start of the capital uh, next week. So a couple of destinations on tour who wouldn't have expected to see Novak Djokovic in town. I don't know if you saw the photo today. The biggest trophy I have ever seen in a uh, tennis tournament, and uh, Novak uh, carried it with uh, grace. He was very good today. Yoshihito Nishioka. One of my favourites on the tour, competes, had a really bad knee injury a few years ago. So he's up against Denis Shapovalov in the final in Seoul in uh, South Korea. Shapovalov with all his aggression, uh, the big lefty strokes, um, the single-handed backhand, really good battle this one. And Nishioka just counterpunched uh, beautifully. 26 years of age. He's had to work pretty hard to win two titles on the ATP Tour. He was 1-3 down in that second set, got through 6-4, 7-6, some blistering shots between uh, both players. So he's up to a career-high 41 in the world, and Dennis has had sort of one of those years. He's dipped down to 22, he's just above 50% win-loss. He's been a little hit and miss. I'm not quite sure where he's going to land at the moment. We know Felix Auger, alias same fellow Canadian, has established himself inside the top 10. Uh, Dennis plays certainly a more risky game. Uh, place close to those lines. It's all that firepower. And there's little margin for error at times. So we'll see where he lands. Nishioka actually knocked out Casper uh, Ruud, who'd been running hot uh, this year, of course, in the quarterfinals. So that means that Casper Ruud drops to three in the world. And Rafael Nadal, uh, who didn't even play in the last week, goes back to uh, uh, world number two. So uh, they were the two tournaments there. And as we heard also in the commentary, a real surprise. Uh, on the tour, uh, Mark andre Husler of uh, Switzerland winning his first ATP title, which was in uh, Sofia, the 250. So he's up to a career high uh, 64, uh, first tour level final and wins his uh, first uh, ever tournament. This was a quality matchup. Go back and have a look at the highlights 
against a Holger Rune, of course, one of the most exciting young players in the game, the Dane. They had a great exchange, a couple of rallies that were absolute first class. So the first Swiss player uh, to win an ATP title since uh, Roger Federer in Basel uh, back in 2019. On the women's side, we heard in the highlights there, Barbora Krachikova, who hasn't had the year in singles that she would like compared uh, to last year. So fourth uh, career singles title, straight sets over Annette Condovate, who was playing in uh, Tallinn, of course, the capital of Estonia. Like Tel Aviv, an inaugural event in this part of the world. We know they've started to produce a few more tennis players, so great that they actually got a WTA uh, event. Uh, first singles title for the year uh, for Barbora. And you love someone who achieves a first. And there have been plenty of firsts in tennis this year. Maya Sharif of Egypt uh, defeating Maria Sakari, the more highly fancied uh, opponent in that match. First Egyptian WTA champion, up 25 spots. So she's inside the top 50 and gets her moment in the sun at uh, 25 years of age. one 736 736, you can weigh into the conversation. Uh, the Challenger Tour, unfortunately for Jordan Thompson, he might have been a really good chance to go uh, back-to-back challenges. He was the top seed, and then the tropical storm Ian uh, decided to engulf uh, Florida and move its way up the coast to Charleston, which meant they had to cancel the event uh, with Tomo in the quarterfinals. Luke Saville and Andrew Harris were also in the quarterfinals of the doubles, but unfortunately uh, that event had to be cancelled. We'll get a full write-up on our website today, thefirstserve.com.au, of all the uh, Challenger victories, so you can uh, certainly check those out. Uh, Bernard Tomic, well, he's won 10 in a row, Bernie. He's in Cancun in Mexico. Yeah, it'd be a pretty distracting place to play uh, tennis, to be fair to say. I mean, it's a resort uh, sort of setup there, as we know. And Bernie, um, well, he's peeled off two victories, two ITS, the 15Ks. And we put it up on our socials today. I mean, anytime we talk about Bernard, it gets uh, a mixed response from people, uh, people wishing him well. Uh, they want to see him have a, a story of redemption and get back, and others who will just simply never warm to Bernard. He's, uh, he's burnt their back uh, many a time. Uh, Matthew Delavadova is getting closer, runner-up at the 15K in Monastir. Uh, everyone at Wonga Park Tennis Club is right behind uh, Matty, as uh, we are. In fact, his father, Peter, will be our special guest in about a month's time in the studio. And Elisa uh, Bolton, who has gone down the collegiate path in America, uh, we haven't really seen a lot of her here in Australia. She won the doubles in Austin, Texas. So uh, that is everything that has been happening on the tour in the last week, thanks to Hume Tennis and Community Centre. It's a mini Melbourne park in Melbourne's north. It's got tennis for everyone, perfect also for coaches and players. If you're coming from interstate to train and compete, it's close to Melbourne Airport. Accommodation available. You can find out more at humetennis.com.au. Thanks to GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to The First Serve. Great to have your company on this uh, Monday night as we roll through another week in the world of tennis, a very special guest in the studio in just a moment. But uh, David's given us a call in Richmond. Uh, welcome to you, Dave. Hi there. I'm just wondering about the tennis straight open coming up. I know we've had some disrupted seasons, um, and I know with, with all the economic pressures that are starting to mount now, do we still think we're going to get full houses to the tennis again next year if we've got the same or higher prices again? I, I guarantee you, every year we'll get um, we'll go. Of course, we'll get great uh, attendances. 
people will go to the tennis. People uh, I know uh, save up their money to spend on the tennis. There's no doubt we'll get a, a full house. And I haven't looked. I know there was a pre-sale last week. I haven't looked at the exact uh, uh, prices across the board, whether you're just getting a, uh, the grand pass, which I think is sort of been kept relatively the same the last few years, whether you're getting a seat on Rod Laver, uh, whether you're going down the corporate uh, route, those magnificent, comfortable seats, those big black seats courtside, uh, they cop a fair whack, so you'd need to uh, save the pennies for that. But no doubt we will have a, a full house, uh, David. Uh, great to have with me in the studio, Adrian Salerno, Sustainability Project Manager. Uh, Wilson, of course, great uh, tennis brand. Adrian was on the program, I think our very first show uh, to start the year, Game On Recycling. I've spoken to many people in the community about Game On Recycling, which is a great initiative. Uh, mate, it's great to have you in the studio to talk a bit further. Thank you very much, Brett. Yeah, it was, uh, it's been a little while since we had a chat, but no, fantastic to be in here. So just give us a little snapshot of where we're at with Game On Recycling. So at the moment, we've got over 300 collection sites, first tennis specific across Australia and 350 across the board for all sports. And we've collected over four tonne of tennis equipment in the last 12 months, which is absolutely fantastic. It's, it's just a phenomenal uh, you know, performance by the whole tennis community. Um, and they're really getting behind the program. So just uh, for those who uh, aren't across it at all and didn't maybe hear our chat at the start of the year, how did this initiative come together, Game On Recycling? So what, what happened was uh, ANZRP, a recycling company, and, and Wilson um, got together, got their brains together and, and decided to to basically create a recycling program for sporting equipment. That's yep. never been done before in Australia. Um, and it's backed by the, the federal government um, with, a, with a government grant. So that's really exciting. And, and basically what we do is we collect all different types of sporting equipment. So from the land of tennis, we also collect all types of inflates. So your footy, your soccer, mm, mm. your netball, and also ski equipment as well. And, and basically try and find uh, special purposes for them, whether it's be through recycling them and researching how we can uh, transform that equipment or repurposing or donating. And endorsed by TA and all the member associations. Exactly right. TA and all the states uh, have jumped on board and, and they've got behind it, which is fantastic. So you actually had an activation at the uh, Netball Victoria State Championships over the last few days? Yeah, that's right. So from Friday through Sunday, we uh, we were down there at the um, the the state netball and hockey center. And, and we collected over two and a half thousand netballs, which is an absolutely fantastic achievement. And it shows that across all sports that recycling and being sustainable is, is something that uh, the community wants to be a part of. So over four tons of tennis balls and equipment collected so far, estimated 10 ton of equipment across the entire uh, program collected, which is outstanding. So you've got a, a couple of key promotions that we want to tell everyone about tonight, Adrian. So yeah, 100% we do. So the first one is uh, led by Wilson. It's a, a racket trade-in. So what we're doing um, across our online platforms and some uh, specialty retailers, uh, we're giving $50 off if you uh, bring in a racket, um, bring in as many rackets as you like, in fact, uh, and you'll get $50 off some of our really high-end uh, models. So uh, the Clash V2, the Ultra V4, the Blade V8, and the Pro Stuff uh, version 13 as well. Um, which will run through uh, October and early November. Right, and that's through the website at Wilson? So the website is uh, au.wilson.com, and there's also some uh, uh, specialty retailers across Australia that are doing it as well. So you can either drop in store or you can uh, donate online. Okay, sounds uh, absolutely uh, magnificent, no doubt. And the other one, uh, Collect a Palooza. That's right. Tell me Co more, please. Collect a Palooza. So uh, get ready to become ro uh, recycling rock stars, everyone. <laughs> so... What we're doing is uh, it's our first nationwide activation. 
Um, we're, we're giving away over $4,500 of equipment um, and, and goodies uh, from Wilson, which have been really generous and backing it. And all you have to do is uh, recycle your tennis balls or your tennis rackets. Um, so a tennis ball will be worth one point. A tennis racket will be worth 100 points. And it's whoever collects the most, uh, the most points across Australia will win. Top five, there's two competitions. The top competition is uh, for clubs that have nine courts or more. Sure. And the bottom one is for eight courts or less. So if you're a big club uh, in the metro areas or if you're a small club out in, reg- in the regional areas, you can still participate and win, which is really exciting. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Uh, I mentioned the uh, the dealings you've had with the tennis community out there uh, in this space would be hugely uplifting. Oh, it, it's been phenomenal to see the feedback from the community and just how much they're getting behind the program. And it's And it's not just those metro areas it's really the regional areas that understand what's happening with the environment and climate change and and wanting to make a really big difference uh the the response has been phenomenal and, and we're seeing that with all the the equipment that's coming back and we, we're just excited to get more and more and i imagine adrian something that'll be ongoing oh 100 we're really excited to hopefully expand out as well so tennis has been such a a big part of the program so far and it will continue to be and, and we'll be looking at other sports as well but uh, this 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 will only grow bigger and bigger, no doubt. I mean, we it's a competitive space, isn't it? The uh, uh, tennis, um, you know, rackets, accessories uh, space. Uh, you know, great brands. Uh, Wilson have been a, a real leader for uh, uh, a long, long time. But it's great that there's sort of these other arms, if you like, to uh, the business where that you, you're sort of you know giving something back and for a, I suppose a bigger cause. A hundred percent, and and the beauty is as well what Wilson want to achieve and, and what we want to do in this space is, is not um, be, we want to be inclusive. So all the brands, we want to get everyone on board. We really want to drive that, that message of sustainability throughout sport. And uh, we want to bring everyone, all the community together to actually uh, activate that and, and, and make it a reality. Brilliant. Now you were uh, outside in the green room, just uh, you were pumping up your, uh, your game, uh, Adrian. Uh, what's, what's the best shot? Oh, I uh, served down the tee surely. And I'm, <laughs> I'm about the sh- shortest serve volley you'll ever meet, so uh, don't mind a bit of net net action. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, the, the players who can get to the net. Uh, <laughs> we just think of the world number one uh, right now, Carlos Elgares. In fact, a great piece on our uh, website uh, comparing Carlos to the big three. And he's got traits of all the big three, hasn't he? He can own the baseline like Djokovic. He's got the grit, determination, the fight, the warrior-type uh, traits of Nadal. And he's... Got the Federer beautiful hands getting for those crisp volleys. I uh, he's he I think he's gonna be the next generational player, honestly. He is fantastic and, and it's a it's a rare breed to see someone who can hit it just as good from the baseline as, as they can from the net. So uh I think special things to come from him. He could achieve the numbers of the big three. I mean we're gonna see him around for the next fifteen, uh, sixteen years. Uh for those that just wanna sort of view is there a game on recycling website or connected through Wilson? A hundred percent. So yeah, if you jump on uh the, the Wilson website, so uh au.wilson.com or uh, you can jump on gameonrecycling.com.au and our socials as well at Game On Recycling. You can uh, see all the information about what we're, we're, we're doing going forward and what we've done in the past. So jump on board, gameonrecycling.com.au. Beautifully done. Thank you, mate. Really appreciate you coming in. Uh, as far as I'm concerned here at the first serve, uh, let's keep that line of communication open. It's a great cause and uh, let's do some things together going forward. Thank you so much, Brett. Yeah, it's been a pleasure and um, I look forward to to dropping in uh, next year and having a chat. Good man, Adrian Salerno, Sustainability Project Manager, Wilson. It's Game On Recycling. Uh, A lot of people I've spoken to in the community are certainly aware of it. You're involved in it. 
Uh, let us know your feedback too. The first serve, sen at gmail.com. Uh, Melbourne's leading synthetic grass court surface and construction specialists are Asti Tennis Courts. They're trusted by Melbourne tennis clubs and councils. Check out aste.com.au. Uh, UTR on the menu next. Thanks to GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve. Your home of tennis. Welcome back to the first serve. Brett Phillips with you tonight or this weekend. Of course, the Australian Paddle Tour comes to Melbourne. We've been promoting it here on the first serve for a number of weeks. The Melbourne Classic uh, down at One Paddle at the Docklands. Matt Levy's the CEO of One Paddle. He's been good enough to jump on ahead of what is going to be a huge weekend. Matt, I imagine there's a lot of preparation that's been going on, a lot of anticipation. Absolutely. Hi, Brett. Uh, thanks for having us again. Uh, yeah. Geez, we've got a busy week ahead of us, that's for sure. Um, yeah, big event this weekend. Really excited to have um, you know players from all over the country coming in for Australian Ranking Points Tournament being held at uh, yeah our little venue in the Docklands. It's awesome. Going to be brilliant. Right underneath the Balti Bridge there for those that haven't been. Lorimer Street, you're just ducking. Uh, plenty of car parking if you want to go and watch some paddle tennis uh, up close. So just give us a, a, a feel. The field, how big is the field, Matt? Um, look, we are... <laughs> The field's bigger than expected is the short answer, right. Brett. Um, we, we were capping the numbers uh, at 48 teams. Um, we've already reached that, and we've got a few interstate um, sort of regulars who are, who are ranked and seeded and, and just probably thought it was a walk-up start that they could just walk in and play. So we've got to try and somehow find a spot for them. Well, I'll leave that to you. Scheduling in tennis, we know, is often uh, a nightmare. Tournament directors go through this at uh, all the Grand Slams uh, throughout the year. But uh, for the rank and file who just want to come down and have a look, you've got a great area there around the courts. Uh, people can take a seat. Uh, I'm sure there'll be food on offer um, and you'd, you'd welcome people to come down and sample paddle tennis. Absolutely. All of that. Um, yeah, look, um, in conjunction with Development Victoria, there's a lot going on at the Shed 21, which is the name of our site. Um, part of the Melbourne Fringe Festival, there's a show called Pendulum on concurrently with the tournament. Um, so there's so there's a bit going on there, but we've got um, a bit of a festival atmosphere happening on the weekend. We'll have coffee trucks, entertainment. Um, there'll be some food and there'll be some great paddle, that's for sure. Great stuff. What time does it kick off Saturday? Uh, first matches will start at nine, and we reckon they're going to be big days. So probably uh, all day Saturday we'll go into, um, you know, at least until it's starting to get dark, and, yep. and then Sunday, same again. So, yeah, pretty much any time, come down, have a look, um, yeah, take in the views, have a coffee, and, and watch some great paddle tennis. going to be uh, fantastic. Uh, I'm going to get down there uh, one of the days, Matt. We'll do a follow-up on the show uh, next week. Uh, I hope it all goes well. I'll uh, bump into you this weekend. Thank you so much. And um, as always, Brett, you know, we really appreciate your support, um, you know, helping us continue to spread the word and help grow this fantastic sport. Paddle tennis, it is certainly growing. There is no doubt about that. In fact, uh, a great article by Craig Christopher on our website. Have a read of that today, thefirstserve.com.au, the emergence, the fast emergence of uh, paddle around the world. It's already taken off and starting to uh, grow here in Australia. Well, UTR, it's been on the radar all year, the biggest talking point domestically in shaping the player pathway. Uh, regional tennis has uh, certainly suffered. I caught up with Treasurer Paul Ranson from Shepparton Lawn Tennis Club earlier in the year. Uh, we reconvened for a chat in the build-up to tonight's show. Look, when we last spoke, uh, we did have some concerns about 
how the rollout of the UTR would impact on regional tennis. And we've had four tournament periods now. It feels like the situation is actually worsening rather than improving. Uh, just this holidays, we've had three cancellations, all regional events. And it, it's kind of a consequence, I think, of the of the way the structure is set up at the moment under UTR. We had one tournament in Melbourne where the tournament was basically oversubscribed. And, and so we, whilst we had tournaments being cancelled, we had a had about 110 kids or players miss out on a playing opportunity that weekend, or at least given less than 24 hours to make alternative arrangements. Now, if you live in Melbourne, that's okay. But if you're in, from regional Australia, yeah, you've got less than 24 hours to make alternative arrangements for alternative events, uh, most of which you know, didn't suit probably the majority of those players that missed out for uh, whether it was uh, the appropriate level or whether it was the appropriate age group. But you've got less than 24 hours to make alternative arrangements for things like accommodation, whether there's two parents need to need to then go down. For regional families, that, that just means making you know, alternative accommodation arrangements, working arrangements. And yeah, in some people's case, where they, where they might have two players involved, it means you know, the cost of us attending a second tournament uh, in Melbourne. There's a big data dump going on at the moment. So there's, there's results entering the system all the time uh, from many years ago. But there's also important events taking place around the country too at the moment, and you know, results aren't transferring across from Tennis Australia's system into the UCR system for four, six, eight, you know, eight weeks and even longer in some in some instances are going missing. So I think if you know if we're going to adopt the system, then we need to ensure that it's functional and, and operating efficiently. There doesn't seem to be a lot of optimism. I mean, you talk to a lot of people. We're well down the track now. We've had Lawrence Robinson on our program. A couple of times, every time I have Lawrence on, I get a, a, a truckload of correspondence from people who believe that uh, TA are putting lots of spin on the uh, the value of UTR and its effect long-term and for people not to be deterred by UTR. It's going to take some time still to uh, to bed down. Certainly, from what I hear from so many people, that it's it's not improving in terms of player withdrawals and pullouts, people uh, wanting to protect their uh, UTR. It, the implementation of it, that performance pathway, is still the major concern. At entry level of tennis, people have said, okay, it ticks a few boxes in terms of uh, providing that, that level-based play to start. But once we're going a little higher and the kids who are really determined to try and enter and progress through the pathway that it's just not the right system to have as a sole system to determine whether you actually can progress through the pathway. We've got a group that's engaged with Lawrence and I'm sure he's you know he's trying his hardest and it's and he's you know spending a lot of sleepless nights trying to solve the problems of this. Um, one of the things that we've conveyed though is that we feel what, what we call I suppose the system architecture or the, the design of the system when it's used solely as a ranking system it's just not meeting the desired outcomes of Tennis Australia. Now, we, we share those outcomes, but we just don't see the system supporting those same outcomes. By way of example, I suppose, is un under a ranking system, we used to have tournaments classified in different levels, platinum, gold, silver, bronze, and players would distribute themselves across those different events and across multiple venues and then, and then come together for the best you know, for the best tournaments. At the moment, as I said before, you know, we're seeing regional tournaments being abandoned and then players congregating at singular metropolitan venues and therefore players missing out on opportunities as a result of that because the venues just can't cope with those numbers. You know, there's a number of other other things about the about the system. There's, there's no sort of incentive for kids to play doubles. Withdrawals is a big issue. Just the purpose of playing tennis seems to be lost. There seems to be a lot of meaningless matches now where once, you know, you played for a for an age group 
silver, an age group gold or a bronze or, or a platinum or whatever that might be. Which brings me to another concern is, is that, you know, the social fabric of age-based tennis is being lost. And now we have, you know, 12, 13, 14-year-old kids competing with adults. And I'm just not sure that that's the best way to, to, to retain kids in our sport as well, which is, you know, can lead to further issues. I hear the UTR system compared to golf. And on some levels, that's a reasonable comparison. But, but golf at both a professional level and an amateur length level have a ranking system and the reason they have a ranking system is to bring the appropriate players together at the appropriate times at the appropriate venues for the appropriate tournaments and that's the way it works in golf so yes as a comparison with golf golf also has a ranking system tracy davies i listened to your show a few weeks back when tracy davies spoke look it was a very impressive it seemed like the usta they see their rating system as one of a number of tools to support player development i think the mistake we're making is that we're seeing uh, utr as the panacea to all problems I just thought she spoke very well. It seems they have a sophisticated and nuanced approach. As I said, they see it as, as one of a number of tools to work in concert with their ranking system. They're retaining their ranking system as the number one criteria within their pathway, um, whilst acknowledging that you know, the WTN number will play a role, but it's their number two criteria. They seem to have a multifaceted approach to this, and I think you know, we can probably learn a bit from that. Are you getting many people who are thinking this is the right path that we're going down? Not at all, to be blunt. To be honest with you, Brett, I haven't had a single conversation with a parent uh, who feels what's taking place is positive. You're at the coalface. You're talking to people who work for Tennis Victoria, the governing body in the state. You're talking to people who work for Tennis Australia. Do you think that the people who are within those uh, governing bodies who are out there having to spruik for uh, UTR actually believe that we're on the, the right path here? It feels like we're so invested in UTR that we are reluctant to consider other solutions. There's a general consensus out there of feeling that I haven't come across anybody who feels as what what's taking place is positive in this in this space. And I'm sure there's even those, you know, within some of the organisational bodies that, that have their doubts. But that's certainly the, the feeling that's out there in the marketplace. And I, and I think, you know, our organisational bodies need to be listening to their constituents on this. I think it's important that there's a, you know, there's an acknowledgement that mistakes have been made and a genuine effort to try and rectify those mistakes because off the back of COVID, we've had two lost years of development for a lot of kids. Yeah, and this is a less than ideal situation. So I think the sooner we can you know, acknowledge that there's been mistakes made and address them, then then the sooner we get back on the right path. Do you think the governing bodies do listen? There's many pessimists out there who believe the TA always just talk to themselves, who don't really listen to the people who are at the coalface of the sport. They say they're listening, but then they go down another path. That's the common thread in all the correspondence I receive, is that people feel like they're hitting their head against a brick wall here, who are passionate like yourself, who believe, who are so frustrated that, this is the path being taken, but their views aren't really, really being listened to. Do you, do you feel like that's, you know, when you're speaking to people out there, that that's the biggest frustration is that a lot of this makes common sense. A lot of this is really simple that we can we can fix. Why isn't it being fixed? Yeah, that's a fair assessment of, of what the consensus out there around the tournament space would be. There seems to be an idealism around the UTR, and I think we can idealise as much as we like, but the evidence is clear that it's, you know, that there's some real issues that need fixing. It pains you to see what's taking place, actually. So that is the voice of uh, Paul Ranson, Shepparton Lawn Tennis Club. He's the treasurer currently. We had him on the show earlier in the year, UTR. It's a uh, continued discussion. I know there is a lot happening in that space for reform for 2023. All I can say is uh, watch this space. So Yarra Tennis Coaching at Eaglemont Tennis Club is just off the Eastern Freeway. Junior and adult programs available uh, Shane Scrutney's a beauty. Over 30 years coaching experience, whether you're a beginner, 
uh, whether you just want to uh, take your game a little more seriously, check out yarratennis.com.au. Omar Jaseka up next. Thanks to GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Always great to talk some tennis on a Monday night or plenty of chats from my week in Brisbane are going to feature on the show over the next fortnight. So Chris Marty and Brent Larkham heading up the NTA, Olivia Kadecki, uh, really enjoyed that chat, Adam Walton and Jeremy Jin. So stay tuned for that. But tonight I bring you Omar Jaseka, a 2022 comeback story from no ranking to 274 as of today and a bit more tennis to be played. He's played 77 matches, Omar, this year, 59 wins, seven finals, four titles, that has seen him play in Australia, Thailand, Great Britain, Greece, Montenegro, Spain and Portugal. We sat down at the National Tennis Academy in Brisbane to have a chat last week. I'm sort of still trying to like tell myself what is really going on. It's pretty crazy to have started a year with literally zero. I think I started up in February, March mm. or something. Started from the Australian Futures. So mm. to where I am now, I'm actually pr- I'm pretty like happy with myself and proud of myself for how far I've come and just you know just kept knuckling down and you know results have shown I haven't been the best in the last few years. I think I'm probably playing the best of the play if I'm honest. 25 now, so hopefully I've still got a little chance to get up there. I feel like if I keep playing the way I'm playing, yeah, it shouldn't be too much of a problem. You've had to go and simply grind, which you've got to do, don't mm. you, to get back, you know, to play those ITFs and then play some challenges. You've got to create your own vibe and atmosphere. You're playing in places where sometimes there might be some crowd there, other places where there's next to no yeah. crowd. I know you've had you know, your girlfriend there with you yeah. travelling all year, which has been a massive support. Mm-hmm. I mean, does it feel natural to be away for large parts? Has that been an easy thing for you in the past, or has it helped having someone with you all the time? I think everyone's different, but for me personally, I prefer having someone there. Just I just like to you know look at someone if I'm break point up or you know I've broken someone, especially in Europe when you don't know many people and it's a language barrier is pretty hard yeah. so it's like it's just good to have someone you know especially my girlfriend as well so it's actually been pretty special that she's been able to yep. travel with me and you know help me out and she, 100% she's done a good job so where I am today definitely plays a big role for sure. So where do you think your game sort of stacks up? I mean, we go back a few years ago when you got inside the top 250 and, Mm -hmm. you know, often I sort of, as a reference point, talk about 14 when you're really emerging as a junior. So now you're trying to, you've had to sort of start again. But where do you think it stacks up right now? I mean, the ceiling can be whatever. I mean, there there are opportunities, no doubt, in the men's game. but And the margins are small. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think my career high was 238, I believe. So for me to be even close to that in one year is... I think an amazing effort for myself Brilliant. and I think um, I think I'm just going to keep going I'm not really setting myself any boundaries or goals I'm just going to keep pushing pushing and see where I can get myself this year my goal at the start of the year was to get to 200 I feel like that's very achievable for me now so now I don't know whether to set another goal or do I just <laughs> just keep going <laughs> but yeah I mean I've still got a few more tournaments coming up so I'm going to keep pushing not put too much pressure on myself and just play the way I'm playing I'm definitely enjoying it more than I ever have so I think that's the key. Well, it's a lifestyle, isn't it? Absolutely, for sure. I think that's the key to success. You just got to go out there and enjoy and just, you win, you win, you lose, you lose. Let's take a loss, but literally going to play every week, so. So what's evolved in your game? Because we've always known you as good lefty serve, good off the ground. What have you tried to evolve or add? Tried to use my leftiness, if that makes sense, a bit more. I've realised as I've gotten older, a lot of people don't really like playing lefties. So I've tried to use that for my advantage. Yeah. Um, I personally don't like playing lefties myself, so I can't even begin to imagine what it feels like for a right-hander. <laughs> but yeah, I think men- I've, I've definitely grown up mentally, for sure, I think, I'm in the last few years. and I think stepping away from the court probably was the best thing for me I could have done for my career. Yep. I think everything happens for a reason. I think it's definitely matured me a lot and put me in the, on the right track. Um, 
probably the best thing that could have happened to me in a way. So, um, yeah, I think just mentally, um, just sticking to my guns and, yeah, yeah, for sure, just growing up. Tell us know. about other people that are sort of influential in your comeback and who you sort of maybe lean on. I mean, you're up here at the NTA. I mean, yep. obviously, you're like me, based in Melbourne, but you're spending a week up here. You're going to play the rest of the Pro Tour. But who are some of the other voices that are, are key to you? I'm probably going to have to say Lee. I've sort of been inspired by Lee to do what I'm doing right now. He literally had an amazing year, I think, yes, last year. and I mean, he's had an amazing year this year as well. Mm. So I think just watching him play a few years ago, playing the Trent Open as well, just amazing what he can do in a year. So I was like, you know what, why can't I do that? So I think me and him have been pushing each other, which has been good, you know. Yep. So that's the key to a good friendship for sure, pushing each other. And um, I mean, all these guys here as well in Brisbane for sure good people and good people to be around it's just a good environment for me and just to be around this stuff really helps and Sweeney it's an amazing I mean Incredible. he pushed each other all year as well so and he just won back to back lost to him the other, day, the other night so I think if we keep pushing each other then it's just the best thing to do for sure yeah it's a good crop there and that was a quality uh, final I did watch yeah. that that finished yeah. after I mean, uh, yeah. midnight uh, eastern time crazy yeah I gave it my all and literally got on a flight straight after I was yeah. a bit sore after that but I'm sure it's not the last time we play so yeah Hopefully I can get it next time. And for those who you know don't live and breathe this tennis circuit, how do you, how do you describe it? It's a pretty brutal sport. It's you, your opponent. You've got to go into battle every time. You're travelling. Sometimes it might feel like you're only seeing hotels, tennis courts. But I feel like this year, just watching you through your social media, you've also had a bit of a life experience as well, just having mm-hmm. some weeks where yeah. in between yeah. tournaments we've had a chance sure. to just live a bit. Yeah. Talk us yeah. through that tennis lifestyle. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people, when you say a tennis player, they think of, you know, the luxury life and all that stuff that comes behind it. But it's actually a very lonely sport, I feel like. Like you said, you don't really get to do all that stuff because as soon as you lose, you're sort of you a bit upset and you just don't want to leave your room. Like I said, I had my girlfriend cover with me and she obviously took me out of the room and showed me all these places and I couldn't believe how big the world actually is yeah. and how many cool people there are around the world. And it's just, I think you definitely do need that balance, otherwise you're just going to go insane and before you know it, you know, you're going to say you've travelled, but you haven't really travelled, and I think the whole point of living is to do it, go out and explore all these places, try new foods, you know. You might put on a bit of weight, but I'm sure you're going to lose it in your next match or whatever, but just enjoy foods. I think you just got to live your life a little bit. That's the best way, because tennis can get a bit lonely, and I think if you get into a bad routine or a bad cycle of just losing and staying in your room, then you're not really enjoying this life, you know. So I think even if the worst outcome you lose you have to just go enjoy the week sometimes you are put in some bad places tournaments but there's always good stuff around those places you know not necessarily the best thing to do but for sure go out and have fun the challenger circuit just announced two weeks ago that they're looking to add i think it's eight million dollars in prize money all up (laughs) changing the categories adding some bigger 175 tournaments we speak about it a lot here at the first serve that there should be more challenges in Australia, which would be terrific. I mean, certainly around the world, the challenges, if you go to those club sort of mm. setups in Europe, whether you go to the, the unis over in America, they do get some good crowds. There's a good vibe there. Do you think that part of the tour should be sold and marketed uh, a little bit more because the level's there? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Yeah, I think I actually saw that two weeks ago. I said oh, that would be really good. I mean, I think that's the first time they've done that in a while. Mm. So, actually, ever. Yeah, right. And so, a full I think review. that's, that's yeah. big news for. Me, Lee, and all these guys that are coming up now. So I think it's um, definitely a good opportunity. And for sure, I think having a crowd and people get involved it makes the tournament a lot better when the vibes are up. And it's just better for us players, and I'm sure it's good for the crowd as well to indulge and engage with the players as well. So it's definitely a good opportunity. So hopefully next year they do follow through with all this stuff. And yeah, it would be good for all of us for sure.
one last one uh, for you. So when you've been travelling a lot this year, for people in Australia who haven't been able to travel a lot the last two years, is there just a destination on earth somewhere that really surprised you that you could recommend someone go and visit that you wouldn't necessarily have had on your your travel radar? I'd probably have to say Greece, not because I did well there, but the food and the people are just unbelievable. And I mean, the weather was beautiful. I mean, Europe was your summertime, but yeah. um, I think I'd probably say Greece. People that haven't been to Greece before, that's definitely a place to visit. Um, I was on a small island in Heraklion, yeah. and I mean, just the people there and just how they live with, yeah, it was just crazy. So nice, and you know, they start their mornings with a nice little coffee and then great coffee and then they're loud from the morning but yeah other than that it's beautiful omar jessica we wish him uh, continued success so ranking right now 274 he and dane swinney are the two to watch we had dane on the show two weeks ago he's at 247 so we know omar uh this year has won 59 matches dane's won 61 and they're getting closer uh, to getting into that sort of australian open uh, qualification uh, zone and uh, he He's going to be in Cairns uh, this week. So the uh, Australian Pro Tour continues. Men's and women's 25K. Omar Jaseka, Dane Sweeney, Tristan School Coach, James McCabe. Uh, the Prince, they call him. The young uh, 18-year-old from uh, Sydney who was uh, uh, built like uh, Carlos Alcaraz in a sense. Uh, Adam Walton, Phil Sekulich. Uh, Alex Bolt returns this week. Uh, always forgotten about Alex. He's been off the tour injured for the best part of the last six months. Rowan Williams doing some coaching of Alex. Priscilla Hon. Lizette Cabrera, Kim Birrell, who I uh, saw at the NTA last week, are going to be in uh, for that field, which will uh, certainly uh, boost uh, the field from Darwin a couple of weeks ago. So the Australian Pro Tour will continue. Uh, the Victoria Tennis Cup Carnival. It's a new event for 12, 14 and 16-year-olds to be played over the Melbourne Cup weekend. A $25,000 prize pool, including uh, the chance to win a free college placement service. Uh, registrations are open now with uh, details on the UTR page for each of the organising associations, Waverley Eastern Region and Northeast Junior Tennis Association. As we told you on our socials, for those that follow us uh, today, there will be no Australian Open wildcard playoff uh, for uh, 2022. So the explanation from Tennis Australia is that the players are going to be given a chance to have a really proper pre-season. So there'll be a series of training camps that will be announced uh, uh, around Australia, depending uh, where the players uh, reside. And it's always been discussed that the wildcard maybe hasn't been at the right uh, time of year. Uh, players come back from a, a long year on tour. They want to have that sort of five to six weeks where they can really hone their game rather than play a tournament, even though... Uh, it's a good character dangle, but if we look at past uh, winners of the Australian Open wildcard playoff, it hasn't guaranteed they go on and have any great run at the uh, Australian Open. So uh, that has been scrapped uh, for 2022. Uh, also, Australia's Billie Jean King Cup squad. So we're going to play Slovakia and Belgium group stage come November in Glasgow. The question is, who's going to partner Isla Tomjanovic? We know Daria Seville tragically out with the knee now for the next six to 12 months. Maddie Inglis, 136 in the world. Priscilla Hine, 167. Jamie Furless, 176. Well, Jamie's won the most matches of that trio this year, 44. Uh, Priscilla's been the most accomplished in terms of having reached a higher ranking out of that trio. And you'd think Ellen Perez and Storm Sanders picked themselves as the doubles combination, uh, both inside the top 20 
on the WTA Tour. So we'll see how that plays out. You can send us your thoughts, the first serve, SEN at gmail.com. Thefirstserve.com.au is our home, of course. You can head there daily, our team of writers covering the game. Uh, Apart from this show, there are plenty of other great podcasts, which are all up on our website. You can listen to those when it suits you. And, of course, you can... Uh, subscribe to the First Serve through your preferred podcast platform. You can follow us daily on all our socials. All thanks to Yonex, 76 years of performance product crafted in Japan. Check out their latest range at uh, yonex.com. We'll have more from the NTA on the show next week. More UTR, hidden beautifully, preferably out of the middle, a bit like Novak at the moment. I'll talk to you next Monday. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.